Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one dollar text the word grade to 32 32 32 right now hooked on phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day for more than 30 years hooked on phonics has been the proven learn to read program that kids love to use text grade to 32 32 32 and teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed text grade to 32 32 32 right now and get started for just one dollar text grade to 32 32 32 now text grade to 32 32 32 This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiecki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiecki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome to the Science of Magic, a program combining the science and magic of today's leading topics to co-create new solutions and promote evolutionary thinking. We're coming to you through the leader in responsible paranormal and alternative science programming, the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, and can also be found on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring pattern dancing. My former husband and I had not been dating long 
when we decided to plant a communal garden. I was living in a small apartment at the time with no yard of my own. He and his roommate were renting a large house with a large backyard. Full of enthusiasm and spring fever, we went to the local greenhouse and purchased seeds, shovels, rakes, and the materials to make a raised bed garden. We spent the rest of that day fighting in the backyard. I'd say something like, we should put the lettuce here in the north so the tomatoes will shade them when they come up. He would respond, I know lettuce needs shade in the summer. Do you think I'm stupid? No, I don't think you're stupid, I defended. Can't I even make a suggestion without you taking offense? That sounded more like a dictate than a suggestion, he grumbled. On and on it went, until, thankfully, and against all odds, we had a small garden planted. We'd planned a barbecue afterwards. I was in the kitchen making salad as he prepared the steaks for the grill. He patted me on the back affectionately as he reached around me for seasonings. It's nice to see you again, I told him. What do you mean? We've been together all day, he puzzled. No, actually, I haven't seen you since this morning. Your father and my mother spent the rest of the day fighting in the garden, I responded, tongue-in-cheek. My mother had ruled the roost, taking it upon herself to instruct my father in everything, right down to the clothes he wore. My fiance's father was criticized and disempowered in relationship with his wife, My fiancé and I were unwittingly acting out all our familiar roles and conditioning rather than our authentic expression. So many of our relationships, even those we have with ourselves, come from unprocessed damage and triggering from our past. Our perceptions are so clouded that we rarely really see ourselves accurately, much less those around us. Yet so many people go from relationship to relationship looking for the perfect person without realizing the individual they need to find first is themselves. Without first separating our true expression from our patterns, triggers, and false identities, we have no hope of finding someone who's a good match. Without finding ourselves, we're just pattern dancing with our friends and lovers with one knee-jerk reaction instigating another. True motivation and communication is lost in the morass as we project the events of our past onto our current relationships and make a rerun out of the future. That's not to say we have to be totally processed before engaging in relationship. Were that the case, we'd all be very lonely. Instead of make, instead making a concert effort to recognize when we're coming from triggered response rather than acting in the present moment is an important first step towards conscious relationship. Our guest this hour, Kathleen Hendricks, is an evolutionary catalyst who's been a pioneer in the field of body intelligence and conscious loving for over 40 years. Kathleen has an international reputation as a seminar leader, training professionals from many fields in the core skills of conscious living, authenticity, responsibility, and appreciation. She's the co-author of 12 books, including the best-selling Conscious Loving at the Speed of Life and the new Conscious Living Ever After, How to Create Thriving Relationships at Midlife and Beyond. She co-founded the Spiritual Cinema Circle and the Viral Body Intelligence Summit. She's traveled well over one million air miles as the ambassador for the work that she and her husband, Gary Hendricks, have developed. Kathleen earned a Ph.D. in transpersonal psychology and is a board-certified dance movement therapist of the American Dance Therapy Association since 1975. After this commercial break, I'll introduce Kathleen, and together we'll explore conscious loving, 
authenticity, and body intelligence. It promises to be a winning combination, so don't go away. You're listening to The Science of Magic, thescienceofmagic.net. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere, Florida. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine such as hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining rooms can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you visit, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic downtown Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, Old Florida cuisine at its best. If you're a seeker, don't miss the inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening, Between the Dark and the Daylight. 
This remarkable work chronicles shamanic counselor and indigenously trained dream decoder Sander Cochran's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers throughout the Americas. Sandy's initiations across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt, combined with her knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth, influence her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private readings, sacred international journeys, a meditative CD, and her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate your earthwalk and create a deeper connection to yourself. Find this and more at her website, starwalkervisions.com. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. With us this hour to explore the topic of conscious living and conscious relationship is Kathleen Hendricks, co-author of 12 books, including the best-selling Conscious Loving at the Speed of Life and The New Conscious Loving Ever After. Her website, Catherine, excuse me, Hendricks.com and FoundationForConsciousLiving.com. Catherine, thank you for joining us on the Science of Magic Oh, it's my pleasure. What is an evolutionary catalyst? Oh, well, an, well a catalyst is uh, anything that changes the context around uh, itself without itself being changed. And an evolutionary catalyst is someone who is in service of things moving toward harmony and alignment and co-creation rather than competition and conflict. But don't you have to kind of enter into chaos before you find that spot? Well, I think chaos is, a, is definitely a part of life and that what gives us direction is what we choose. And choosing in the way that we describe it, we call it a commitment where you gather yourself and move yourself consciously in a chosen direction. And we think that, con- that conflict is run by adrenaline and increases the level of chaos, whereas commitment really allows you more freedom of choice and allows you actually more freedom in all ways to create rather than compromising and rather than recycling those old pattern dances. <laughs> so you, you see all conflict as being uh, counterproductive to unity? I would say that conflict is uh, really not facing what is actually occurring and that there is a difference between conflict and differences. And differences, I believe, are really here to be appreciated and to be listened to carefully and that we can, in our relationships of all kinds, create a large enough container, a large enough context where each person can really have what they most deeply want without compromising or without having to control the other. Uh, So, for example, Gay and I, my husband Gay, and I have had no conflict, uh, blame, or criticism in our relationship uh, for at least this century. Well, where does the catalyst come from then? Where does the excitement come Oh, yeah. See, that's a very common misunderstanding that excitement has to come from conflict. And there's an even deeper excitement that comes from authenticity. It comes from 
expressing what you're really experiencing and what you're opening up to and sharing with curiosity with each other uh, what you're feeling, what you want, what you notice in the other, so that what uh, what replaces that adrenaline excitement is actually the uprising energy of creation, of creativity that only comes when you're being authentic. Because when you conceal, what we have noticed, we have a saying we call withhold, withdraw, project, that when you're concealing, the next thing that happens is that you withdraw from your partner because we're meant to express. And when you withdraw, then you get distant from your partner and then your partner starts looking different. So the conflicts that most people come up with Uh, we have found often come from not being willing to actually reveal what you're experiencing, what's true for you, and and especially what you're feeling. So you're saying we can be different, but we have to leave each other room for that? Is that more like it? Um, I would say, yes, we, of course, we are all different. And the actual act of appreciating, that is giving your sensitive awareness to how is it that you see this situation and how is it that I see it, and what is going on between us that might allow us to feel genuine connection so that if there is a resolution that needs to be made, we can create it together rather than entering into a win-lose kind of scenario that is so common today. So it sounds like the difference between a polarized stance and one of uh, seeking unity with our differences being added into the equation, is that what you're talking about? With our differences and also our our wants and our aspirations and uh, what we dream of and what is really uh, what we call your own genius, what is in you that is unique that wants to be expressed in the world. So, So, for example, I love to move. I've loved to move since I was a baby in my crib. And, and when I don't move, um, I can't think very well. So one of the, and my husband is a, a writer and a visionary primarily. And so he could go for long times without moving and it wouldn't bother him at all. But for him to appreciate that I need to move and for me to appreciate that he needs periods of alone time to really be able to express who he is, that's part of what we have learned from each other. And I've also learned how to take more alone time and really benefit from that. And he's learned how to really enjoy movement and finds that that adds to his ability as a writer. So it's not as if you have separate corrals that you stay in. There is really a a sharing and a and then adding to the richness of life that comes from you expressing yourself really authentically rather than trying to uh, get the other's approval or trying to be some way that's really not who you are, which is a lot of what the culture teaches us. Well, it sounds like, again, um, we're dancing with you have to know who you are first, right? Um, I think you can only know... You can know who you are. You can learn how to love yourself. You can learn how to be appreciative with yourself. But there is a certain kind of learning 
that we really can only have with another person, that we get together with other people primarily because they can open up a part of the world to us that we couldn't really see by ourselves. So we really think that curiosity and appreciation are really the gateways to continuing to learn and also continuing to renew the romance in your relationship because that gets renewed by new discoveries uh, rather than adrenaline, having a fight, uh, what my husband calls a wargasm. <laughs> yes, I like that. <laughs> so, we're all, so we're all on the same page. Would you define consciousness as it applies to your work? Uh, I would say that consciousness is a fundamental awakeness, an ability to notice both yourself, but to be able to notice what is going on around you and to be able to be present in yourself while giving the gift of presence to those that you meet. So what do you see standing between people and being conscious? I mean, let's face it, there's a lot of unconsciousness going on out there. <laughs> well, I think that the main thing that stands in the way is the what I call the fear trance, that so much of the world is in the grip of fear right now that's being promoted. Uh, and when you're in the grip of fear, as Sophocles said many many centuries ago, when you're scared, everything rustles. So if I'm scared, everything looks scary. And the other really important thing about fear is that not only does it separate us from our body wisdom and our consciousness, but it, it makes other people appear as enemies. So, and that happens below the level of the brain that where, where we solve problems. It happens down in our reptilian brain. And so if you're walking around in fear, everybody else looks like the enemy. And I think that's the great barrier to uh, growing consciousness and connection uh, because people don't realize that they're in fear and they don't realize that they need to move from fear to flow to actually be resourceful in their lives. So where do you think all this fear is coming from? Well, you just take a look around. <laughs> it's been, um, it's certainly been very prevalent in uh, our country for, gosh, at least since um, 9-11. And uh, since then, there have been huge numbers of uh, incidents where um, we're really taught to be afraid rather than be um, be curious about what is actually going on here. How might I be contributing to this? How might I see this other person as an ally rather than an enemy? We're really taught. Well, it's just so scary. We have to, you know, we have to create more walls and barriers and uh, ways of excluding people rather than ways of welcoming them. And so I think that fear and fear mongering is is the great. Um, enemy of consciousness right now. Well, it's darn hard, hard to be thinking unity when you're standing next to somebody with a bomb strapped to their back. How do yes, we work with is. what well, is? Well, there are um, very few people um, who actually have bombs on their, uh, you know, have uh, literal bombs on their backs, but I think there are many people who carry around the bomb of fear, which keeps you from actually being able to respond. You can only react. Um, as um, some of our scientists have told us, our, our whole cellular community can either be protecting 
or growing, but it cannot do both. And if we're protecting, we can't grow. We can't grow in ourselves and we cannot grow in connection. So I think the first task for all of us is to be able to recognize when we're in fear and to be able to shift from fear to flow. One of the things I've invented is something called fear melters that allows you to make some simple movements that restore you to presence in your body and allow you to be resourceful and to recognize the possibilities for collaborating and creating with others and also bridging the gaps so that you can appreciate differences but you don't have to build barriers. So is it like um, uh, working with the fight-or-flight response and and coming out of that? Yes, it's actually working with the four expressions of fear, which are fight, flight, freeze, and faint. And I've developed simple movements that are uh, oozing and sumo and wiggling and love scoops that allow you to feel in touch with yourself again and to feel the flow of aliveness rather than the got to get the hell out of here or got to punch you in the nose uh, of the uh, fight or flight response. How long does it take to make that shift? I mean, you know, we've got adrenaline flooding our system. We know all the physiological stuff. About how long does it take to make that shift? Well, what we found, and uh, we're doing more studies to really, um, really expand the possibility here, but it takes between, uh, I would say between um, um, three breaths and a couple of minutes. So no fewer than three breaths. So as you're um, so oozing, if you imagine just moving your shoulders as if they were seaweed and water, or sumo, if you imagine yourself standing in a sumo stance with your hands down on your legs and really feeling your feet, or you're wiggling and we're, you feel yourself gonna, wiggling. We're going to need to take a, a break here. Kathleen and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this commercial break, so don't go away. We're coming to you through the Exxon Broadcast Network. Don't miss the other fine shows and hosts on xzbn.net. You're listening to The Science of Magic, your resource for creative solutions in a changing world, thescienceofmagic.net. Please, I love your emails. Email me at info at thescienceofmagic.net. I'll answer them as soon as I can, and I love to hear suggestions for topics and places to go with our explorations. See you on the other side. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, 
the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at... Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. We cover what's hot. For in-depth exploration of leading-edge subjects from numerous authorities and viewpoints, join our email family to receive our topic-driven episode collections at thescienceofmagic.net. Our guest this hour is Kathleen Hendricks, 
co-author of the best-selling Conscious Loving at the Speed of Life and the new Conscious Loving Ever After. Kathleen, it sounds like, you know, what you're offering here is is pretty much a radical change from the way most people dance in relationship. How do you get started on that path? Uh, yes, I think it is a totally radical path, but it's one that uh, Gay and I have been exploring for uh, coming up on 40 years now. So we know that the map works. And what it really starts with is uh, making a new commitment. And I had mentioned that earlier. We really think that is the gateway to stepping into this new kind of magic. And that is that you choose to conduct your relationship in a new way. So rather than na 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 and who's right and who's wrong and uh, blame, especially blame and criticism, you commit to seeing your partner as your ally. You commit to what we call processes rather than outcomes. So here are some of the things that we committed to. We committed to revealing rather than concealing. Uh, We committed to getting close and to clearing up anything in the way of actually being able to feel close to each other. We committed to our own complete uh, development as an individual so that we could bring our full selves both to each other but also to our larger community. And we committed to really being genuinely responsible. That is, uh, stepping from uh, whose fault is it or uh, feeling like a victim really into I'm responsible for what is occurring right now. So how could I do something that would create a different result or move into something that I really like better rather than engaging in the whose fault is it blame game. So, but so, we, so many people are so locked up in that they don't even know they're doing it. So what if you're in a relationship where you're trying to be all the things that you just said, but the commitment's only going one way? What do you do then? Well, if the commitment is only going one way, it is inevitably going to have a, an effect on the relationship since it's a system and you make a change in the system. It is going to change in some way, but it may not be in a way that that you find desirable. What What works best, if at all possible, is a co-commitment where each person chooses. Now, it doesn't mean that they do it perfectly or that they even know what it is that's in the way. So because we've learned so many of our roles uh, and our interaction patterns from the culture and from our parents and from communities, and it's kind of invisible, like sitting around the dinner table for many, many, many dinners, you learn a certain way of interacting. And so to change that... One of the best things that scientists say and that we found to be true is to do pattern interrupt, which is to do something different than you've always done. And one of the most valuable things we found is for people when they get into a hassle is to drop the words out because we know how to trigger each other with words. And we have people just use sounds and gestures and they can... That could be fun. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. It starts getting fun really quickly, and, and you realize, oh, we're doing that same old, same old thing. And then you get the delight of, of playing with each other rather than always working on your relationship, which is never going to sustain a juicy relationship long term. Do you see people as using each other's damage and patterns to control? Oh, yes. In, in fact, people just... 
and that's one of the unconscious things that we do when when we've learned. So if you know, I for example came from a, a family where criticism was just the water we swam in. That was just <laughs> yeah. how my family was. We just didn't even think there was anything different. And so one day I realized I I had come home from getting my hair cut, and Gay didn't know that. And I walked in, and he said, "Oh, you got your hair cut." And I said, "Oh, what's wrong?" Just reflexively, and I realized in that moment that I was listening for criticism. So it didn't really matter what he was saying. What mattered was that I could, I could make a difference. I could choose to begin to listen to him differently. So that I started listening, choosing curiosity, like, hmm, hmm, what is, what is he really saying here? Hmm, how could I be open to input rather than being defensive? And the defensive move, I think, is one of the most difficult for people because that's when we go into protecting. So if people at that point will move their bodies differently, will take a breath, will create a hmm, it will shift them into wonder brain. It's it's one one thing when you hear someone say something that they didn't mean as a criticism. How do we respond when they are indeed criticizing? How do we handle that? Well, it's real. Uh, yes, it's a very important question, and and that's why I made a commitment to, and Gay and I both made a commitment to seeing each other as allies. So rather than you always criticize me, I said I commit to seeing you as my ally, and that's something that each of us can choose. Now, a lot of the time, people prefer the adrenaline hit. It's kind of like the Hershey bar of consciousness. You get that hit of adrenaline, which gives you that ha-ha-ha-ha, that glee of being right, but it's very short-lived, and it costs you. But if you learn how to develop appreciation and curiosity, it actually can become juicier and a lot more fun than adrenaline. You'll always have adrenaline, but we overuse it so much that our entire culture is totally stressed out because we're in that adrenaline frenzy. Most of the time. Yeah. You know, we, we live in a society where guilt and shame's favored form of control. How do you yes. see this playing in here? Well, it is, in fact, I think, you know, what we learn at our parents' knees. We learn that form of control. And it's a kind of, uh, it's not just criticism. It also is a shaming. Uh, and cultures have controlled their citizens for generations by shaming them. And, you know, that you're wrong and bad, and then it allows them to become the enemy, and then we get into the kinds of virtual or real wars that we're experiencing right now. So the best thing that each of us can do is to shift from that criticism into curiosity. And that's why I was making that hmm sound, because we know that that shifts you into your wonder brain where you can actually invent something new rather than recycling rather than the old knee jerk do you yep. see projected do you see projected guilt as causing blame and criticism oh that's a great question uh, i think that that's one of the main factors that um you know, and we see it in our government right now. If you, if you want to know what the current administration is actually up to, notice what they're blaming others about. And it's a very common thing that happens in relationships. If I'm afraid that I'm doing something wrong, it's much easier for me to see it in somebody else than it is for me to see it in me. So I'd like to, 
if I'm blaming a lot, I like to look at, hmm, what might this have to do with me? Is there something that I'm feeling guilty about, which means there's something I feel both angry and scared about. And it's probably something that I've done that I said I wouldn't do or something that I said I would do that I didn't do. And that's a big source of uh, issues in relationships where people just simply don't keep their agreements with each other. Well, they're not keeping their agreements with themselves, are they? Oh, well, yes, and that's, I think, where it, where it starts, is that you lose integrity with yourself when you have said you've made an agreement and then you don't keep it. You, you are really kind of breaking down your own resilience and your own ability to create. And those are things that can be repaired. You can say, you know, I, I told you I was going to take the trash out yesterday, and I, and I went to bed without doing that, and I feel guilt about that, and, and I'd like to see what I need to do to repair that, you know, all, um, you know, aside from putting the trash out this morning. So it can be repaired, but it can't if it just gets swept under the rug. Or blamed on the other guy. Or blamed on the other guy. Why wouldn't? Why didn't you remind me? I would have if you had told me, or if you didn't have all these other things for me to do. So I ran out of time, and so on. <laughs> and the you know, big payoff for that is just simply that adrenaline hit. And I think I wish more people knew that. That it's it's really like ringing a bell, just ringing one loud bell, and you get the hit from that. But that's it. There's no creativity in it. You know, it would seem, being social creatures we are, that one of the most important things in a person's life would be relationship, and yet most of us bumble our way through knowing very little about it. How can we correct this as a society? Well, we'd like to recommend, I definitely want to recommend our book, Conscious Loving, because that came out over 25 years ago. It's a classic. It's been selling ever since then, ever since we were on Oprah, and we've laid out a map that is very uh, clear and very simple, and it's been used by thousands of people. So if, if you want to find out the details of the map, that's really where I would start. And where it actually does start is with learning to love yourself and then whether you want to step into creating a new journey because we know that you know, the journey of the thousand steps starts with the first one, and that is really for most people – the most difficult because they want to kind of jump the mountain. They don't realize that you really can create the relationship you want choice by choice. And that's the only way that it happens. What advice do you give? I mean, that, that all sounds good, right? Choice by choice. But a lot of us don't even get that we have a choice or that we're walking in the wrong direction or that what we're feeling isn't actually substantiated. How do we see our way through all of that? Well, the, I, when I, you were saying that, the first thing that occurred to me is to learn how to presence, to presence yourself, uh, which starts with taking a breath. Most of us, when we get into conflict or we're not in touch with ourselves, we're not breathing and we're moving a lot less. Um, today's culture moves far, far less um, with our devices and, and, uh, and computers and all. Uh, than subsequent than than previous generations too, so we don't get a chance to actually use our body wisdom, which is where the magic comes from. It doesn't come from our problem-solving brain. It comes from our larger brain, from our from our consciousness. And yet we tend to store all this rage and emotion in our body, and if we move, it triggers it outward. Is that correct? What do you do about uh, that one? 
Not necessarily. I think that's a misconception of uh, when you are present and being with your feelings, like, for example, just the way that you would be with a friend. So a friend has an upset. You don't beat up on them or tell them to get over it. You're just with them. And you can learn to be with yourself and befriend your feelings so that they don't uh, build up and then spew out over everybody. And I think people's misunderstandings about feelings and the power of feelings is a big problem in relationship because people think, for example, if I cry, I'm going to cry forever, or if I'm angry, I'm going to destroy everything. It's when you withhold that you destroy everything. So we can be angry and own it, and it doesn't have to destroy. We're going to have to take another break. Kathleen and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. This is The Science of Magic, thescienceofmagic.net, your resource to altruistic professionals of science and the esoteric, working to create common ground for the betterment of our world. We're in this together. Your thoughts are very important. If you have any comments or topics of interest to suggest, please email me at the science info at the science of magic.net. I love to get your missives. I will answer. We'll be back shortly. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. President of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. 
I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? I'm Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, and on The Secret to Everything, we will merge the practical with open investigation into all realms of the mysterious. We will talk to cutting-edge alternative health practitioners, those who inspire and motivate you in business and life, and of course, we will share stories of the paranormal, conspiracy, and cryptozoology. You will transform because of the frequency I carry, the frequencies my guests carry. Life may never be the same after you listen to this program. For the secret to everything is for you, the listener. For those who desire more in every area of their lives and believe that it can still be found. Listen and discover thesecrettoeverything.com. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500 plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. What's up in your world? Email me at the info at scienceofmagic.net and suggest a topic that's on your mind. You're probably not the only one interested. Our guest this hour is Kathleen Hendricks, co-author of the best-selling Conscious Loving at the Speed of Life and the new Conscious Loving Ever After. Kathleen, I haven't been an admirer of you and your husband for years. I used to be a part of the cinema circle that you... The, oh, great. Oh, I just loved it, and I don't have time to watch things anymore, so yeah, I'm not I, a part now. I understand. <laughs> but... What strikes me as we've been talking this past hour is you are two very dynamic, extremely creative and motivated people, and that has a chemistry of its own. What happens when you have a dynamic and motivated person linked up with someone that's not? I mean, it starts to cause some problems there. Can you speak to that? Sure. What we notice uh, a lot is that uh, opposites attract. We find uh, that a lot of couples uh, have at least some of their dynamics uh, different, you know. So, for example, Gay is a, a big thinker, and I'm a big feeler. You know, I can I can sense feeling in the room before anybody else can, and he can pull out, you know, the the vision of what's possible quicker than anybody. And what we really recommend for people is that rather than hassling with each other, they commit to learning from each other because, 
you chose this person. <laughs> you know, you brought this person into your life. And so we ask people, you know, what is the thing that you're trying to learn from them that you haven't been able to learn in any other way? It could be as simple as uh, giving yourself alone time or um, learning how to speak up. Uh, to say what you want rather than just acquiescing. Uh, it could be uh, really becoming a little bit more extroverted or a little bit more introverted so that you have a bigger range of possibilities. So what often goes on in relationships is that we see the other uh, as a less improved version of ourselves and we keep trying to change them <laughs> so that they're more like us. But where the real juiciness is, is in learning from each other because people have different skills and and unique qualities that if you appreciate them, that is if you genuinely appreciate, then you might actually be able to osmose those. You could have those for yourself, you know, rather than uh, being scared of those or thinking I can't ever be like that or this person is just too loud or, you know, you're too much or you're too quiet. Uh, and uh, we often find that we choose people that uh, remind us of people earlier in our lives. And when you get that clear, like, oh, I just realized I married my mother, <laughs> then it allows you to separate that out and go, oh, right, this is how I reacted to my mother, but I'm a grown-up now, and I can react differently. I don't have to get triggered all over again if you give me that look. Uh, I can just say, what's wrong, you know, rather than getting scared and hiding, uh, you know, in the other room. It changes the whole outcome, doesn't it, when you're able to reframe the way you're acting? Yes. In fact, that's the only place where we really have any power is over our own choices and, and our own relationship with ourselves. And it has much more power to make a difference in our relationships than if we put all of our attention into changing the others. So we say first, really love yourself and, and go ahead and love yourself for whatever you're experiencing because that's often what we have been looking for and we, don't, we try to get it from others but we don't give it to ourselves. Yeah, we try to milk it out of somebody else and then we get frustrated yeah. in relationship because they aren't giving us what they can't give us in the first place. Right. Right. And and then we think that if if I can't get it, then then we get more desperate, you know, and do, you know, and, and can often get more obnoxious just trying to get <laughs> attention because humans have got to have attention. We forget that we need attention just as much as we need food and water. And if we can't get it in a delightful way, we're going to get it in any way we can. <laughs> Negative attention is better than none at all. Exactly. Exactly, because without attention, uh, people die. You know, you have this wonderful saying. You say that um, integrity is sexy. Would you speak to that? Oh, yes. Integrity um, Integrity means wholeness. In fact, one of the great definitions is an unbroken wholeness or totality with nothing wanting. And I think that's like a celebration of, of our divinity, of our consciousness, who we can be. And integrity is supported by feeling our feelings, being emotionally literate, keeping our agreements, being response-able, uh, and um, really being able to communicate and listen appreciatively. So we have these skills that we write about, in, uh, particularly in Conscious Loving Ever After, 
that are skills anybody can learn. And I've mentioned a couple of them uh, today, for example, to do what you say you're going to do and to not do what you say you're going to do, not going to do. So it's about really keeping agreements. And when you have integrity, it kind of gives you a new skeleton uh, that really allows you to have so much more freedom of choice and being able to respond, being more creative, and also having more energy because you're aligned in yourself. You're in flow rather than at cross purposes. So imagine starting to do something and then criticizing yourself or second-guessing yourself or uh, that you'd be starting, stopping, starting, stopping. And that's how people experience themselves when they're out of integrity. But when you're in integrity, boy, you have a lot more free time uh, and a lot more juice to be using freely rather than recycling in problems and issues. It's difficult to stay in integrity with yourself if you're constantly exposed to things that are out of integrity. How do you, how do you manage that? Well, I would manage them one thing at a time. So if there's something that's out of integrity, it's something specific. And it almost always has to do with, um, with a broken agreement or a feeling that hasn't uh, been shared or an appreciation that is being withheld. So those are the th- places that I would look first. So did I do something that I said I wasn't going to do or did, did you? Or is there something significant that's gone on that I haven't shared with you? Or do I have a feeling that is bubbling inside me that I haven't revealed? Those will go a long way toward bringing you back into flow and into intimacy. Mm. We've seen it even with things like, you know, I had an affair. You would say, wow, well, that's certainly not going to create intimacy. But we have found that when people share with each other and they reveal what's actually going on there's a you know a fallout that occurs and then almost always you know in the thousands of people we've worked with people are grateful for knowing and feel more intimate with each other it's always difficult to be that intimate though isn't it i mean it takes a lot of courage Oh, I think it, actually, I think it's much more difficult to be unconscious and to be recycling uh, old problems. If you take a look at the number of prescriptions we have going in the country right now, and the pain prescriptions, and, you know, those, those I believe, are really run by those three things, that things that you have uh, not done, things, agreements that you've broken, things that you have not shared, and feelings that you haven't shared. Mm. And that mm-hmm. that's, for example, what depression is really mostly all about. So what you get is, I think, a much more aliveness, the joy of being alive, and the ability to be much more present and, uh, and with other people and creating the kind of life and the kind of community that you want rather than going through the same old, same old. Mm. We have a couple minutes left. Can you talk about the myths of aging? I love your work with aging and relationships. Oh, yes. Thank you. Well, <laughs> what we found, well, both Gay and I, um, Gay 72, I'm 68, we're both now more vital, more healthy, uh, have more energy and more creativity than any time in our lives. And, in fact, we can't use our PR pictures from you know, even 15 years ago, because we look so much younger now. So I think that every single myth that we have about aging uh, is really um, are not opening up to 
the possibilities of what we call continuous renewal. And the kinds of things we've been talking about today not only enliven your relationship, but they enliven you. That when you're being present with yourself, when you're telling the truth, it gives you vitality. In fact, that's when we first started to notice that telling the truth was a great aphrodisiac because you feel a burst of aliveness when you tell the truth. Whereas when you conceal, you start feeling more muffled and you definitely feel separate from yourself and from others. It's amazing how authenticity is um, the fountain of youth in a way, isn't it? It is. It totally is. And people, I think if people knew, I mean, it's so simple. You know, you don't have to get it in a jar. All you need to do is to look at what is really, what is really going on right now. And uh, so we'd like to focus on body sensations. What are body sensations? What's the thought I just had? What's the story I'm making up right now? Because those are things that you're experiencing right now. So it's not about packaging or trying to find the right conclusion or, uh, or arguing. It's really about what we call speaking from discovery. What are you experiencing right now? And that creates so much aliveness and intimacy. I just wish everybody knew about it. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us and sharing these wonderful insights. Um, It's just been a real pleasure, Kathleen. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure for me, too, and have a wonderful day. You, too. Our guest this hour has been Kathleen Hendricks, author of 12 books, including the best-selling Conscious Loving at the Speed of Life and the new Conscious Loving Ever After. Her website, foundationforconsciousliving.com. This has been The Science of Magic. For in-depth exploration of leading-edge subjects from numerous authorities and viewpoints, join our email family to receive your topic-driven episode collections at thescienceofmagic.net. Until next time, dear ones, may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love as you engage conscious relationships.